booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time, 5 o'clock, sponsored by Boulevard Watches. Good morning. I'm Noam Layden in for Deborah Valentine. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. It's just going to be beautiful out there. It was nice yesterday, too, no? Today, though, high 48. Tonight and overnight, clear, low 37. And then Friday, sunshine. It's going to be in the 50s, right? We were like 7 degrees last week and 52 on Friday. Uh, New Year's Eve, by the way, it'll be 50s in uh, Times Square when the ball drops. If you're walking out the door right now, 34 and cloudy. So happy you are here on this Thursday morning. Uh, my The guy who gave me my Uber ride this morning, uh, I'm one of those people who will talk to anybody, which drives my family just nuts because it usually holds us up in many places. But talking to my Uber driver this morning who was from Syria, and uh, it was so interesting to talk to somebody who he had made it here amid that just god-awful civil war in Syria – And uh, so I was, like, talking to him about Assad, and I was like, God, it's terrible what he's done to the people of Syria, you know, using poison gas, killing hundreds, maybe thousands of Syrians, probably thousands of Syrians. And then he proceeded to tell me what a great guy Assad is, and Assad is the greatest thing ever to happen to the world. I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep quiet for the rest of this ride. I guess he's believing the propaganda in in Syria, but he's here and talking, you know, just odd. You would think if he escaped here, he was somebody who hated Assad, but he loves Assad. Anyway, it was a fascinating conversation. Okay, here's what's happening. The top five at five. Two Long Island police officers in critical condition. One of them actually in critical condition this morning after being stabbed. Here we go again. Travelers from China coming our way will have to be COVID free. The death toll in Buffalo, it continues to climb as the city digs out. The George Santos apology tour is not really going well for him. And when will the city get the heat back on for some tenants who are shivering in the Bronx? All right, let's get right into it. A Medford, Long Island man with a knife lunging at two police officers last night, stabbing two of them. Shots were fired at that attacker. He was killed. Police say a 911 call was made about 5 o'clock last night by a social worker doing a wellness check on two residents inside an apartment building at the Blue Ridge Condominiums. This is on Birchwood Road in Medford. The uh, worker, worker called police to tell them that one of those residents was acting violently. One officer received a significant stab wound and he was airlifted to Stony Brook Medical Center. The second officer was also stabbed once. He was transported by ground to Stony Brook Medical Center. The third office was treated, is being treated for minor injuries at Stony Brook University Hospital. Again, this is a very preliminary investigation. Yeah, so when those cops arrived, this guy lunged at him with the knife. Unfortunately, one of these officers is not great shape. Let's hope things improve for him. Neighbors say the attacker who was killed had issues and people in that condominium were afraid of him every single one of us 
expected it to happen. Unfortunately, we didn't expect this. We didn't know what was going to happen, but it just ex um, escalated and escalated and escalated, and it was bound to something like this to happen. And unfortunately, it's, it's very sad to say, but it could have been avoided. Yeah, again, two officers suffering serious stab wounds, one airlifted to Stony Brook University Hospital, second officer taken to the same hospital by ambulance, a third officer suffered minor injuries, not exactly clear what happened to him. WABC News Time 4504. Health authorities in Milan, Italy, say half the passengers on two flights from China yesterday tested positive for COVID. Here we go again. The news comes as the U.S. announced new COVID testing requirements for all travelers from China, joining other nations who are imposing these restrictions because of a surge of infections in China. Here's NBC's Josh Lederman. U.S. skepticism about the data that China is releasing to the rest of the world about its COVID cases. They don't believe, U.S. federal health officials, that they are going to be able to have a good handle with the data they have right now on potential new variants of concern that could emerge from the surge of cases we're seeing in China. Of course, you're probably having the same thought I am. We're closing the border, well, essentially closing to the border who are people who are COVID positive from China, but uh, they're, you know, Lots of those people have already made it here, so it might be too late. Some scientists are concerned the COVID surge in China could unleash this new coronavirus variant on the world that may or may not be similar to the ones that are circulating now. That's because every infection is, of course, another chance for the virus to mutate. So beginning January 5th, anyone coming to the U.S. from China will need to show this negative COVID test. Federal health officials tell us that starting on January 5th at 12.01 a.m., they will begin requiring uh, a negative COVID test pre-departure from anyone coming from China. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, American, or anything else. If you're coming by plane from China to the United States, you're going to have to get a negative COVID test yeah so why wait until january 5th if we're so worried now well it just it takes that long to sort of put the process in place in such a big country like the united states wabc news time 506 the death toll in buffalo from the snowstorm it continues to rise as streets and uh, are cleared uh, people go from home to home members of the national guard there uh, you have uh, police officers from different police forces from across the tri-state. At least 37 have died already. Unfortunately, we can confirm from the Erie County Department of Health there have been 34 fatalities. Yeah, so now it's 37. That's the Erie County executive who says the number will likely rise. 26 of the individuals were recovered in the city of Buffalo. Seven were recovered in the suburbs uh, between Chicawaga, Depew, and Amherst. And one is unknown. Yeah, cleanup efforts still underway, digging out the neighborhood that have not seen a plow. WABC News Time 507, traffic, transit, and weather on the 7th for the first time on a Thursday morning. Good morning, Laurie Blanchard. Hey, Noah, we're back at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel looking at that overnight maintenance. Remember, the East Tube is closed. All traffic in the West Tube. Cross Bronx, westbound. Roadwork has two lanes out from the Bruckner to White Plains Road. And then on the Bruckner eastbound, there's construction in one lane from the Hunts Point drawbridge into the Bronx River Parkway. Seeing that new construction pattern on Staten Island, east on the Staten Island Expressway, Richmond Avenue into 440. In New Jersey, in Rahway, West Main Street closed at Irving Street with a water main break. 
uh, in the car lanes of the northbound New Jersey Turnpike, debris on the roadway exit 12, and southbound the car lanes, an accident cleared by exit 11. In Cranberry, northbound 21, closed at Bridge Street, another water main break. Westchester County, northbound Bronx River. Construction at Leewood Drive, only one lane is open. The westbound side of 287 is in good shape. No problems with maintenance cleared at the Tappan Zee both directions. Also on Long Island, LIE, northern state, southern state, all quiet at this time. Alternate side is in effect today. From the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a mix of sun and clouds today, the high 48 and warmer still as we head into tomorrow with sunny skies and a high of 52. Now for Saturday, cloudy with occasional rain, high around 50, and then overnight it'll feel very warm. As the wall drop, but the ball drops, rain will taper out. It'll be mild with a low of 47 on the overnight and New Year's Day, a mostly sunny day. I'll get out there, walk, do something nice. High 53, 40 degrees and cloudy now. I'm Lori Blanchard, Talk Radio 77, WABC. You know what's amazing is, uh, want to stay on this Buffalo story for a moment, is uh, the rescues that are going on, these just fantastic stories. I mean, God, there's so many god-awful stories with so many people who've died amid this storm. But you have these rescue workers who are going from home to home in Buffalo, finding people who've had the heat off, who've needed their help, and have been able to help them. They stopped and asked me, did I need help? And I tell them yes. And they stopped, and they did me. And then they saw him across the street, and they helping her. And then I asked them nicely, could they do this lady over here? Because she's in her 90s, and that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, so uh, rising temperatures, of course, helping the issue here. It was in the 40s in Buffalo yesterday. To see, you know, the assistance get help with, like, the elderly um, does, does definitely uh, help me keep a better frame of mind because they need it. And, I mean, I can only do so much. Yeah, you can't say enough about these rescue workers who have been working just around the clock since this storm hit in Buffalo over the weekend. WABC News Time 510. Long Island prosecutors launching an investigation into Congressman-elect George Santos. You get the sense this is not going to end well for them, right? After a revelation surfaced that the now embattled Republican lied about his heritage, education, basically everything from what we can tell. Voters in the district, at least some of them, are mad at Santos. He tried to get away with, uh, you know, getting in office without being qualified. Everything was a lie. My message to him is he should resign. You didn't exaggerate. You lied. There's a, there's a difference. Yeah, so, but despite the intensifying doubt about his fitness to hold office, Santos has thus far shown no signs of stepping aside, even as he publicly admitted to a long list of fabrications. It's not over. I am not resigning. I am getting sworn in. I will get the job done for you. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Nassau County District Attorney Ann Donnelly, a fellow Republican, she says residents of Nassau County and the 3rd District must have honest and accountable representation in Congress. She says nobody's above the law. She says if a crime was committed in the county, she will prosecute it. There are questions about his fairly recent wealth. Santos listed no assets and had a salary of $55,000 or any ran for Congress two years ago. However, in his most recent financial disclosure form, he said he had made millions from a company he founded a year ago. But amid all that, 
Santos still does have his supporters today. I support him because I had seen him in action, and I was impressed with him as a person. And I, and that's what I can only base on people's actions. Yeah, so 34-year-old scheduled to be sworn in next Tuesday when Congress reconvenes. If he assumes office, he could face investigations by the House Committee on Ethics and the Justice Department. WABC News Time 512. Residents in one NYCHA building in the Bronx have been in the cold for days using their ovens, space heaters to keep warm. Residents at the Twin Parks East Complex, this is in East Tremont, calling on NYCHA to immediately repair the heat and upgrade the system. And I should not have to live like this. It's a shame. A shame. It was so cold on Christmas Day, even my cat jumped up in the bed. Yeah. And he has fur. Yeah, I mean, poor people do get screwed, don't they? Residents say they lose heat every winter, but the agency's outage list does not include the building, even though residents say they repeatedly call and complain and go online and file complaints. A public advocate, uh, Jamani Williams, up there yesterday touring the building. Every New Yorker there's a safe, deeply affordable place to stay. Yeah, uh, thank God for Jamani. Uh, whatever you think about him politically, he's great when it comes to stuff like this. So hopefully he'll be able to get the heat back on for those people at Twin Parks East Complex in East Tremont, Tremont up in the Bronx. WABC News Time 513. Former Pope Benedict. As we learned yesterday during the news hour, actually, the story broke, is very sick. In Vatican City, NBC's News' Deborah Castellano says uh, his successor, Pope Francis, making the announcement uh, just moments before we went on in the air yesterday. This morning was really a surprise when Pope Francis said during the general audience to pray for Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Outside St. Patrick's Cathedral yesterday here in the city, well-wishers everywhere. I think it's really good that people have that direct contact so that they don't have to, like, wait for to find out information. If God does decide that this is his time to go, then he spends it up there in heaven with God. 95-year-old Benedict resigned in 2013, becoming the first pope in about 600 years to step down. He's been living in a Vatican guest house ever since. WABC News Time 514. Mercer County authorities releasing autopsy results of that Princeton University student found dead earlier this year. The family of Misrach Inwente reported her missing just days before her body was discovered behind the tennis courts on campus. This was back on October 20th. She's a sweet soul. Like She's the most caring person you'll ever meet. She's the last person I would expect that would go missing. Yeah, just a horrendous story. So the Middlesex Medical Examiner's Office coming out with a ruling yesterday. They say that she had committed suicide. They found antihistamines, antidepressants in her system. Just awful story. This was a 20-year-old who had a full ride to Princeton. Full, of all places, Princeton University. Think how hard she must have worked to get there. Valedictorian of her high school. You realize mental health is just everything and just a god-awful story. Lots more to get to on this Thursday morning. WABC News Time 515. Before we do, before we do any of that, let's get the latest on sports from Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Gnome. Indeed. Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Start on the hardwood here. The Nets, they were in action last night. They beat the Hawks in Atlanta by a score of 108 to 107. Kyrie Irving, he caught fire late with 15 of his 28 points coming in the fourth quarter while Kevin Durant was his usual self with 26 points for the night, including this pull-up jumper in crunch time that would ultimately be the game winner for Brooklyn. 
They come double team. Yeah, exactly. When they're going to switch it, make them pay for switching. Collins takes on the challenge of Kevin Durant. 70 seconds left in a tie game. KD pulls. Hits again. That ain't fair. That's not fair. 26 for KD. Valley Sports Southeast on the call. The win for the Nets marks their 10th straight in what's been a dominant stretch of victories. The winning streak is the longest in the NBA this season and the Nets' longest since they took 10 in a row in uh, the 2005-2006 season. They'll go for 11 in a row come Saturday night in Charlotte against the Hornets. As for the Knickerbockers, they'll be in San Antonio tonight to take on the Spurs. That tip-off is set for 8 p.m. Eastern time. And over on the ice last night, just the Devils in action. They suffer a home loss to the Boston Bruins, 3-1 to being your final score. Patrice Bergeron broke a 1-1 tie with just under five minutes remaining in regulation while Nico Heischer was the lone goal scorer for the Devs. New Jersey tender Vitek Vanacek was solid despite the loss registering 24 saves for the night. Couldn't get in front of the Bergeron tip on a shot from the point by defenseman Hampus Lindholm. Up next for the Devils is a trip to Pittsburgh tomorrow night to face off with the Penguins. Looking ahead to hockey action tonight though, both the Rangers and Islanders will be back on the ice. The Rangers will be out in Tampa to take on the Lightning at 7 p.m. while the Islanders will get started about a half an hour later at 7.30 when they Welcome in the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, of course, Thursday Night Football tonight kicks off Week 17 of the NFL season out in Tennessee as the 11-4 Cowboys are set to pay the 7-8 Titans a visit for an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thank you very much, Justin. WABC News Time 517, traffic, transit, and weather on the 7s. Here's Lori Blanchard. Noam Construction, westbound Cross Bronx from the Bruckner to White Plains Road. Two lanes are closed, and east on the Bruckner, they're also working between the Hunts Point Drawbridge and the Bronx River. Eastbound Staten Island Expressway, one lane closed, Richmond Avenue to 440. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, east tube is closed, use the west tube until the uh, 6 o'clock hour. Now also in New Jersey, we have a couple of water main breaks. In Cranberry, northbound 21 is closed at Bridge Street. And in Rahway, West Main Street closed both ways at Irving Street. Northbound New Jersey Turnpike, coming up in the car lanes to exit 12. There's debris on the roadway. Southbound of the car lanes, below exit 12 toward 11, there's still an ongoing accident investigation. In Westchester on the Bronx River, northbound, only one lane open at Leewood Drive with road work. Alternate side is in effect today. Now seeing delays on number one trains both ways. Uh, it's signal problems and police activity going on in the Bronx. Quiet at the Lincoln, Holland, and GWB, and alternate side is in effect today. From the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a mix of sun and clouds. It'll be a high today around 48. Overnight, you'll get clear skies uh, through the city and into the suburbs, low 37. Sunshine tomorrow, high 52. Saturday, the clouds roll in as we prepare for the ball to drop. It'll be a warm day. High in the low 50s, occasional rain through the afternoon, and then overnight, it'll be so mild. High 47. New Year's Day, sunny skies, high 53, and a good start to next week. 40 degrees and cloudy now. I'm Lori Blanchard, Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC News Time 519. We are learning more about this husband who ran down his wife and then stabbed her all while his young children watched on. I mean, this guy's really a creep and a would-be murderer for that matter. 36-year-old Stephen Geraldo 
allegedly told the kids who were young, all under 10, to keep their seatbelts on before he accelerated and ran into their mother. This was in Queens earlier this week. So now he's facing charges, including attempted murder and child endangerment for the Tuesday morning attack. His 41-year-old wife, Sophia, suffered severe neurological damage, broken leg bones, a stab wound that punctured her liver. She's listed in critical condition, while her husband, who's an MTA employee, faces 25 years in prison if convicted. WABC News Time 520, working our way up to what's going to be a beautiful day. Sun and clouds, high 48. If you're walking out the door right now, it is 37 and clear. The city's first ever legal pot shop opening today. It is inside a space that used to house the Gap. I know that exactly where that is. On East 8th Street and Broadway, New Yorkers seem unsure if legal weed will be good for the neighborhood. Come here, we smell the marijuana in the street. It's crazy. It's like, it's not good. If you need to use it for medical, use it for medical. But when you're making it legal, most of the people are going to use it just to be in, just to feel it. And then they're not going to learn. They're not going to be able to work. I don't know about that. But uh, the sprawling space has 4,000 square feet on its main level. Tells you how big pot is. And 2,000 square feet downstairs. I mean, it's kind of like a liquor store, right? Like a supersized liquor store, except this one sells weed. The store going to offer up items like pre-rolled joints. That's always an issue, right? Is rolling your joints and edibles all at different price points. Charles King is the CEO of this organization that is opening this first pot shop. And uh, he's going to open at 420 this afternoon. If you know 420 is a date for marijuana for weed lovers, uh, they celebrate that as a national holiday, April 20th every year. And so that's when he's going to open this afternoon, 420. We see this as an opportunity to offer employment opportunity and training um, to people who have been criminalized because of their use, possession, and or sale of cannabis. Yeah, so it's an interesting story. They're going to employ uh, people who are sort of resurrecting their lives. Uh, money will go to HIV and AIDS and helping homelessness. So, uh, you know, maybe it's worth getting in line this afternoon. Not only do we want to train them to work um, at Housing Works Cannabis, but we also want to give them advanced training and management so that they can move up in the industry. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who is online at 420. My guess it'll be around the block since it will be the first legal pot shop to open in new york you've seen all these shops all over the place that say cbd and all kinds of things and they look like pot shops they're not legal pot shops but by the way they've been selling pot for probably more than a year now but this will be the first legal pot shop where uh, the state anyway will make some money off it with the high taxes to smoke that weed so again 420 this afternoon that store opens wabc news time 522 the southwest airline thing is just nuts uh, passengers being told their flight home will probably not come until next week for a lot of them. These are people, some of them, who got to the place they were going, but now being told they're not going to be able to get back home for a long time, or they never got anywhere. I mean, just awful everywhere. Don't try to play lawyer at the gate. Oh, and you so- know, I should probably introduce this guy. But he, this is a travel expert who says you do have rights, but they are limited. So you shouldn't have a meltdown when you get to the gate if the flight's not taking Don't off. Don't try to play lawyer at the gate and say, well, I know my rights. They can't create the airplane. They can't create the crew. It does make for a great moment, though, when people start screaming at that poor person behind the counter. Steve Cosgrove there, he adds dynamic travel. He says flyers who bought their tickets on a credit card can dispute it. 
throwing a temper tantrum and throwing stuff around is not going to get you on any plane anytime soon. Yeah, but it does make for a great viral video on TikTok. I mean, that, you, know, you could watch those things for days. Then you have the pilots. Some of the Southwest pilots, they're speaking out today, sharing their thoughts as to why the airline is just having a complete meltdown. We have pilots uh, around the system that the company has not, they don't know where they are. They don't know where the pilots are. Yeah. Uh, hearing these stories that just crews didn't show up, they had to rent cars to go from one airport to the next. I mean, it was, it was bad for them, too. Here's Captain Tom Nokai, who says he's concerned about how this major meltdown will affect the airline's future business. Well, I, I have an idea about that. Our concern is that the, those customers, that people have long memories, they're not going to come yeah. back to Southwest. Well, that's probably true. Unless you got really low prices, people love low prices. Thousands of travelers struggling to find their luggage, too, after those cancellations. At the airport in St. Louis, this passenger, Angie Miranda, she drove from Omaha Okay, from Omaha to St. Louis to get her missing bags because it had all of her clothes in it. Our baggage has been delayed since Christmas and it was supposed to arrive on the 27th, the original flight where we're supposed to go back on the 27th, and it was can- it was canceled. Yeah, we met that woman yesterday who had just a, her pants and shirt, and she kept washing them out, wringing them out, then bought some more clothes. Many customers renting cars or booking other flights, but their luggage remains in places like Dallas. Southwest is, by the way, canceled nearly 16,000 flights. That number is probably higher. I would mess close to 18,000 after yesterday. 18,000 flights since December 22nd. I mean, it's really just outrageous. One of my bags is in Denver, and one of them is apparently in this sea of luggage. They canceled my flight when we were on the plane, but our bags made it to Denver. We just did not, and we could not rebook. Yeah, and we found passengers everywhere who were getting to where they needed to go and then driving to another place to get their bags so they could enjoy their vacation. We're back today not to take another trip, but Mm -hmm. only to try to find our bag because we were told it would be 30 plus days to get our bags. Yeah, I mean, it's outrageous. Southwest has a lot of explaining to do. Uh, The Department of Transportation says they will investigate the airline and uh, the Department of Transportation also has a place on its website where you can put in for compensation. I don't know if you'll ever see it, but put in for compensation for all the money that you may have lost by a vacation that went awry because of the airline. WABC News Time 525. The Supreme Court has kept Title 42 in place. It's a the Trump era public health rule designed to turn away asylum seekers at the southern border due to covid concerns. New Yorkers who have seen thousands of illegal migrants bust here, have mixed reaction to that. I feel bad for the people who want to come here legit and work and pay taxes, so let's get them into the system. They should have built the wall there. Title 42 needs to be extended. 19 GOP governors, including those from Texas and Arizona, were successful in convincing the high court to grant their request to keep Title 42 in place for now. The court will hear arguments from the Biden administration before making a final decision early next year. WABC News Time coming up on the 527. Traffic, transit, and weather on the sevens. Here's Lori Blanchard. No, I'm getting busy coming up the BQE through Brooklyn from the Battery Tunnel to Cadman Plaza. Once you get to the Battery Tunnel, the East Tube is still closed for maintenance. Stick with the West Tube. The Staten Island Expressway has road work in the right lane traveling eastbound, Richmond Avenue into 440. On the New Jersey Turnpike, uh, in the car lanes southbound after exit 12, there's an accident investigation. And if you're going northbound on the turnpike at exit 12, there was a separate issue 
there was debris on the roadway, so we're a little bit slow there. Building on northbound 1 and 9, up into Newark Airport near the service road. Northbound 130, the right lane is closed at Cranberry South River Road with a water main break. And northbound 21, another water main repair going on uh, at Bridge Street. That's the right lane also. 287 slowing up northbound 440 to exit 4. And southbound, even a longer delay, exit 5 down to exit 1. In Rockland County on the New York State Thruway, a, north cra- a northbound crash at exit 13. So far, pretty good on the LIEN Northern State Parkways. You're still quiet, Lincoln, Holland, and George Washington Bridge. Alternate side is in effect today. Number one trains are now suspended, 137th Street to Van Cortland Park. And the two-line also suspended, 180th Street to 241st Street with police activity. From the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mix of sun and clouds today, warm with a high of 47. The overnight will be clear with a low of 37. Sunshine tomorrow, high 52. And on Saturday, clouds move in, occasional rain with a high of 50. By New Year's Day, our highs in the mid-50s. 37 now and clear. I'm Lori Blanchard, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill Cosby is speaking out for the first time in a long time, and people are kicking the living daylights out of each other at Disney World. Those stories and more coming up. WABC News Time 528.